0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the bet rivers network, whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to game bet match today from your favorite podcast provider.
1: It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the bet rivers network. I'm Mike Francesa, the Mike Francesa podcast. And remember the Mike Francesa podcast is on the bet rivers network. You can bet in New York, Bet, bet Rivers, and if you're listening in New Jersey or Connecticut, bet Play Sugar House. So play Sugarhouse in New Jersey and Connecticut, and for all your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York. Subway series is upon us. Good time to welcome in Bobby V. And, Bobby, before I get to the Mets and Yankees, a couple of things. As we get to the post-All-Star break now and to head towards the dog days, and towards the trade deadline, a couple of big headlines. One Soto, do you think it's reasonable to trade a guy of this magnitude, or is the smart thing for a team that's downtrodden like Washington to wait until the postseason and bring more teams into it? You're not going to bring everybody into it because of the price tag, but this is a 23-year-old generational player who has already hit 120 home runs at the age of 23. There's in very few times in baseball history as a player like this ever been available at this age, how would you handle it if you're Washington?
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. He's generational, Mike. And, uh, you know, the other, thing about him is he walks the way all today's general managers love to see a power hitter uh, do at the plate so he he's the number one the thing is they're selling the team and they must have information that says the new buyers whomever it might be would rather do the team with that 500 million dollars off the books gotcha. rather than off
1: so you think he goes because of that reason
0: I think that's the only reason, because he still has the three years
1: uh, right of and, eligibility. And, and, and you know, you uh, don't want to yeah. trade him in your division. But, you know, there's very few teams that could even make this deal, and they're not going to get anywhere near what they would get if they're forced to make a trade next week. Well, if a team is in that position where they believe he's going to
0: bring them a World Series, uh, they might get more Than uh, they get in the off season, and I think that's what Washington has to figure. Do you think? Do you
1: you expect the Yankees or the Dodgers or somebody like that to even be involved in this? I can't imagine that the Mets are not involved. Well, I expect the Mets to be involved. I just didn't know if they'd trade him inside the division. Well,
0: I, I don't think that that's going to be a, the deterrent if in fact the the dollars and players that they get in return. Well, I would uh, think the Mets would be the favorite. Game. Yeah, I think that Steve Cohen would be the favorite. I think he's the favorite on every free agent because uh, as these next three days will tell, Uh, He's got a team that he wants to be in the real Subway Series at the end of the year. I think he promised it to the fans when he bought the team that within three to five years he would be in a World Series. And that clock is ticking. So, yes, I I don't think that the the price of a Rembrandt is going to scare him away.
1: I totally agree. The other thing is we've watched all year and the White Sox have now just gotten back to 500. They have never gotten their foot in front of 500 all season. They've now played 96 games. Do you still think they have a run in them, or do you think this is just not their year?
0: They've got to break through that 500 wall. As silly as it is, it's only numbers on paper, but it's a very, uh, it's a very big deter- determinant on uh what people think about themselves, what teams think about themselves. And they've got a through. They can't keep getting there and going back. And so this week is a very big week for the White Sox, which will determine whether or not they're actually sellers or if they're in it to win
1: it. How about teams like the Orioles? You know, people are looking to really go after Oriole players. They're looking to go after their relievers, looking to go after Mancini, looking to go after – but the Orioles find themselves at five hundred, probably dreaming of maybe, you know, making a run to the playoffs. Well, if they're dreaming
0: about the playoffs and making a run, I think they should wake up and understand that uh, they have a good base of young players and they had a really good run – And what they'll do is they'll keep it exciting uh, for that team in the American League West that's trying to get in as a wild card because they'll beat those other teams in the AL East rather than just being a doormat. And that will open the door for the team in the West to get into the wild card race.
1: Um, So if you're uh, Baltimore, you would still be looking – to trade the way the guys and build for the future, even though you've had this nice little run here,
0: absolutely, and make it the the future could be a lot closer than they might have thought at the beginning of the year. But they're still building a team for the future.
1: A lot of teams are looking for relief pitches. Obviously, Mets are looking to to build their bullpen better. The Yankees now without King, who is an enormous loss. And if you look at the Yankee bullpen now, Chapman's been a disaster. King is gone. If anything ever happens to Holmes, the Yankees are in big trouble in the back of that pen. So they need some reinforcements.
0: Mike, since the first show we did, we hung a lot of the hopes of the Yankees on Chapman. Holmes has come along and been spectacular, but... As you say, without King, with him breaking his elbow, uh, the Yankees' first priority is going to be a couple elite uh, relievers because you know how that works in New York. You put on the pinstripes and you blow a two-run lead in the eighth inning early. uh, That'll have a lingering effect and and one that a reliever might not be able to get over uh, getting into the postseason.
1: No question about it, and you know, let's be honest. You know, the Yankees—they don't even—they don't even know what to do with Chapman now. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they DL him. I mean, or try to figure out some way to straighten him out because right now uh, it's it's reached the disaster stage. If you look at what he's done, I mean, you know, in in, in his last group of games. His ERA is approaching 10. I mean, he's he's been a disaster.
0: Mike, when he was the outlier in that unicorn who was throwing 101 miles an hour, no one was able to hit it. Now, in relative terms, there are a lot of guys throwing 100-plus, and so hitters— Understand velocity a lot better uh, today—that high-level velocity than they did two and three years ago—and and that's made him very hittable.
1: Bobby, how do you explain a Matt Carpenter who comes over here and has 94 of the most amazing at bats you've ever seen in your life, 13 homers, 35 RBIs in 93 at bats?
0: It's one of the great runs and one of the great stories uh, of all time. Again, you wonder if uh, Cinderella's going to get home on time or whether or not uh, he's going to turn into a pumpkin. Uh, It's amazing that he can hit the ball into the stands uh, at such a pace. And, you know, the Yankees have wonderful, you know, scouts and technology and they're able to pick up pitches from pitchers a lot better than many of the other teams out there with some of their technology, which is all legal. Uh, and it's all legal what they do, but they're they're a little ahead of the game, and uh, he might have just fallen into a situation where uh, he gets the information that he needs to put a good swing on a pitch that he knows is coming, and he knows what to do with it when he does that.
1: The last two years, Bobby, he batted 186 and 169 and this year in 93 at bats he has 14 homers 35 RBIs, is hitting 325 and has a you know OPS at 1.3 or somewhere around there I mean it's unbelievable
0: yeah, what's unbelievable is that he was as bad as he's been the last couple of years because he was an outstanding hitter in college at TCU and through his, his uh, Cardinal career. But then he went blind and all of a sudden uh, recaptured his vision once he got to New York.
1: DeGrom is getting closer. He's inching closer. They said his next outing could be he had a bullpen quietly, uh, he his next outing could be his last before he comes back. How would you handle the Grom? Would you go real slow and let him just tell you what he wants to do? Or do you think it's a more formulated regimen? What, how, how do you want to deal with him when you put him back on a major league mound?
0: Michael, you know, that's a three-part problem uh, and situation that the Mets have to deal with. One, he's coming back from injury. Two, he turned down a mega contract, and he has a month to prove to the Mets and other teams that he's healthy and he could do it. And three, you're trying to get him ready for a championship run in the playoffs where you need him to have innings. So it, it's a very sticky situation. Some people would say, hey, make him... Uh, be that guy, that wild card in the bullpen, but you can't do that uh, with his contract situation. He's never really pitched out of the pen before. Two, they'll say, uh, you know, make sure you get him ready for the playoffs, but to get him ready, you might be pushing him, which might... get to that line of demarcation of keeping him healthy or not uh for his free agent year. So it's a very, very sticky situation that luckily they have an experienced manager uh to, to handle it.
1: But let's be honest, unless he comes back and is just lights out, he puts the manager in a very tough spot. Oh, it's it's
0: very difficult. That's what I say. Usually you have one situation to deal with or maybe two. I think there's three. And and there might be even another one in there, you know, where, you know, Jacob deGrom is such an individual that uh, hardly anybody knows what he's thinking.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it is going to be fascinating to watch. And plus, he's on a team now where there is another ace who is every bit an ace. I mean, he's an ace in name. He's an ace in performance. He's an ace in actions. Scherzer is every bit that kind of guy.
0: Yeah, he's up front as the gunslinger who comes in uh, firing. And, um, you know, Jacob is kind of that... um, you know, silent, quiet, uh, midnight guy who sneaks in and quietly uh, takes care of business.
1: We're talking with Bobby Valentine, of course, on the Mike Francis podcast as we get ready for the Subway Series this evening. It is a Montgomery and Walker tonight. It is Armand and Scherzer tomorrow. In the two games, two games here, two games at Yankee Stadium. That those games will be played starting August 22nd at Yankee Stadium. So only four games this year, not six. Um, Bobby, the Mets, let's start with them. They have held off the Braves. They're a game and a half in front. They won the last game against the Padres. They have struggled to score. They really struggle to score if Alonzo doesn't come up with the big hits, which he has been able to do all year. As you look at them right now at 59-37, and 37, two games in front of the Braves overall. Okay, They've been in first all year. We know where DeGrom is. We know where Scherzer is. Where do you think the Mets are right now? Do you like where they are? Or are you concerned where they are? Well, I'm concerned
0: where they are as a team because for the last two and a half months, they've been very mediocre. You know, they got off to the great start when uh, Atlanta was faltering and uh, built that big lead, but uh, they, uh, they are being chased and, and they're looking over their shoulder, uh, without a doubt. Now, the good news is that it's almost impossible for anyone, any team to stay as hot as Atlanta's been for the last two months. So that's the good news. But the bad news is their offense just isn't world-class offense that uh, they need to add. And I think, um... Steve Cohen's going to take a page out of recent history and look and see what the Atlanta Braves did at this time last year where they added four offensive pieces to their team and went on to win a World Series and only winning 88 games uh, to to win that National League East. And I think he's going to make some major changes and the team that uh, is in the playoffs is going to look a lot different than the team that we see now.
1: The Yankees are 66-31. and 31. We know the year they've had. They have a 12-and-a-half game lead in their division. They are only two games ahead of the Astros. And let's be honest, if everyone is going to be fair, the Astros have looked like the better team when they've been head-to-head and, and the last month and a half. The Astros look like the better team. And you could make a case that the Dodgers, who have been playing great, are also... A better team or at least every bit is good so the Yankees don't have an edge over those two teams going into the postseason they lose King which is a big loss they have Carpenter they don't really need another bat because if they bring one in there's no way to play LeMayu and Carpenter together you can't play all of them if you're gonna if you're gonna bring in an outfielder so I don't see them doing that I think they're gonna rely on pitching uh, and then use Hicks as the fourth outfielder and play Stanton and right and play carpenter and left, and then swing Lemeo around in the infield to spot guys and and use the dh spot, but how do you feel about them right now they 've had the magical run they 've cooled off let 's be honest they 've cooled off the last thirty forty games. How do you think about them right now?
0: Well, I think that their offense is spectacular uh, in the fact that the the home run is uh, such a major part of their game, and they use it, it seems, every game except for when they're playing against the Astros. Uh, But they have to fix that bullpen. There's no question that they need to line up, and line up the way Houston does, coming out firing from the fifth inning on with 97 to 101 with credible arms that could get both sides of the plate out because they have to come in for three hitters.
1: Yeah, I mean Houston, you know, very quietly this year has, has built a very impressive team and has some real guys who can bring it out of, out of that out of that bullpen. Yeah,
0: starting bullpen. Houston's the real deal. Um, they're, they're Yankees and will be in the playoffs. And uh, unless there's a great upset, they're
1: going to uh, beat at the end to see. How do you feel about the American- How do you feel about the Yankees starting pitching? I think it's good enough to get to their bowl. You Do you do you consider
0: Scherzer who goes eight innings? Do you consider yeah, it's,
1: Cole? It's, do you consider Cole the real thing, or do you need to see more from him in the big game?
0: Yeah, on a certain day, he's the real thing. But again, uh, I don't think that they think of Cole um, as a complete game pitcher, as an eight inning pitcher. Uh, everyone thinks of that. Uh, Six and a third, uh, five and two thirds type of starting pitcher, and once it gets to the middle of lineup that third time, there aren't many people who want to want to play with fire because you'll get
1: burned. Right now, at this point, hundred games into the season, rank the Dodgers, Astros, and Yankees for me.
0: I think right now, I do the Astros, Yankees, and Dodgers. In that order, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I think the Dodgers are uh missing at, on a lot of cylinders. You know, they've got to still have a couple guys in the lineup hitting less than 200. Uh, Bueller's not in their staff, uh, their their release pitching uh is anchored by a question mark. So, um, yeah, I i rate them number three.
1: Do you believe that what they've gotten this year? from from the kids that they that they have do you believe that that will continue for them do you do you, do you believe those guys can continue to pitch that way
0: uh no as a matter of fact you know they they're, they're Two of them, I think. Two of them are undefeated. At least one of them's undefeated. That's not going to last. But um, you know that Goslin throws a heck of a uh, split finger, and and the uh, left-hander is kind of a West Coast uh, version of Hector. So uh, once the hitters get used to the left-hander and and lay off of the split, I think those two pitchers are going to. Um, yeah, that's Joss, Johnson and Goslin. I think they're going to, um, um, you know, hit hit uh, the uh, world of reality and, and hit it in the hard
1: way. Do you, th- you, in your mind, have you seen enough 75 innings into the season to believe in Kershaw? Cause he's been very good.
0: Oh, I, I believe in him again for six innings. Uh, I think he's, he knows how to pitch and he has that, Curveball that's back. He's only thrown 91, 92 miles an hour. He needs to hit spots. Um, he's come up with a nice little changeup, but you know his his curveball for the first two times through for sure uh, is, is something you have to deal with. But um, hanging curves uh, go a real long way.
1: How about how about what uh, Verland has done this year, huh? How amazing has he been?
0: Well, that's what it is to to be at. To be his age to come back from that injury, to be in a pennant race uh, basically right from the first game of the season, and to uh, rise to the top the way he does has um, has put him right in into the Hall of Fame, I think. And if he has the off season that he could possibly have, um, he'll he'll be a first
1: ballot. I mean, thirteen and three, a whip at eight point eight eight. And and a one point eight ERA. What what a rem- what a remarkable year! Uh, and and just going deep in games and just being overpowering, just overpowering guys. It's, it's it's amazing how good he's been.
0: Yeah, velocity, control, breaking balls. He's he's the entire package.
1: The Subway Series. You know, I've always been a huge proponent of it. I I love it. I think it really adds something to the baseball season you go there no matter what the circumstances the place is a full house clearly there's going to be a huge buzz tonight both teams have been waiting all year to get at each other you got a different feeling with the mets now with the new ownership you got you got both teams in first place what did you take from the subway series games you participated in <laughs>
0: Mike, it's 25 years since the first ones. How amazing is that? Amazing. You were there for the first ones. Dave Malicki. And I was there with Dave the Mets. You imagine Dave Malicki on the mound and both you and Joe's sister, who had direct lines to God, praying to have the Yankees win and the Mets lose. How the heck did I, we ever have a chance? But um, they yeah. glorious, Dave Malicki, 9 nothing. Days. I think
1: the score was, if I remember right. 9 nothing. right?
0: <laughs> yeah, or 6. I think you might have enough Okay, maybe down, but, I'm wrong. Maybe it was yeah. 6.
1: But uh, <laughs> but Dave Malecki in, in the first one ever uh but what from from your standpoint what 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 were the games like? Well, there was nothing like them and
0: and you know, talking with Joe over the years, you know, we we used to play six games. My gosh, you know, play those uh, double series and Uh, have to play them in the middle of the series and then try to beat the Atlanta Braves by the end. So I think we had a a tough road to to hoe, but they were exciting. They were different. They were special. Every game was action-packed and every game um, uh, brought a memory. So um, I I think this year's uh, Subway Series is going to be just as impactful uh, if the Mets... Uh, Don't show well. I think that's going to really push the envelope in the in the trade market. Uh, If they do, uh, I hope they're not fooled by the team they have because uh, I think they still need to add to it. But uh, it should be it should be very exciting.
1: And and you think because of what's going on ownership wise that Soto will get moved ne- by August second, which is going to make the next week very very interesting, if that's the case. Because you know, think about it: how many times in baseball history, Babe Ruth and being sold uh, because of a failed play uh, or a play that cost way. The overruns on the no-no net no play that uh, made them sell Babe Ruth to the Yankees uh, at that age. Here is a player. How many generational players ever get moved at twenty-three years of age? Yeah, well, it was uh, unprecedented
0: when the Babe got moved, and this will be unprecedented. You can't compare it to Babe Ruth. It was a different era, it's a different time. But this is uh, a wonderful slugger
1: who's getting moved at twenty-three. <laughs> Right, they didn't have a, a hundred
0: years of history to, to know just how great a hitter um, uh, Soto is, and um, yeah, you, you move them, you have to make sure that the the truck is full when uh, it returns back to the ballpark, and um, if it if they're shrewd enough, if you can be uh, good enough, and I think in today's scouting world, um, you know, it, it's harder to be fooled. You know what a player can do. You don't know totally who the player is, but you do know what the player is. And, and if they get enough of what's, they could be right back in the pennant race next year. Washington do you, do you
1: want to, are, are you zeroing in on guys who are major league ready? Or do you feel comfortable enough that you have a read on the real gems of prospects as low as a ball?
0: Well, you know, A-ball's not that far away anymore. Guys are coming up to, to the big leagues uh, quicker than they used to. Uh, I think you, you look at that double-A talent as being major league ready, and guys who are at A-ball might be a, a year and a half behind that, which, um, which is just around the corner.
1: So you, 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 even are, you, you feel comfortable even taking someone as a prospect on the A-ball level and feel like you got a good handle on them?
0: Yeah, if you have enough of uh, of the metrics on them, if you if you know what uh, the player is and what the talent is, and the only thing you're dealing with is uh, the radical personality or an injury, I think. Um, I think you could go for it. You know, in in the past, you could have gotten fooled, and many teams were fooled by, you know, uh, what they heard, what a scout might have thought they saw. Uh, You know, vision is being corrected with metrics these days, and so it's a lot easier for, I mean, a lot harder for uh, the eyes to be fooled.
1: This is an unusual situation, Bobby. Do you think it's as much as, Five quality pieces for this guy. Uh, uh, you think it's four? You think it's even maybe five quality pieces for this guy?
0: Yeah, I think it, I think you have to get over three, and you might get as many as six. Um, wow. You know, he's he's spectacular. Uh, there's no doubt. You know that he can he can make a difference uh, for a team this year. If a team, you know, if if the Atlanta Braves uh, wanted to get crazy. Uh, You know, the San Diego Padres. Yeah, they've been mentioned a lot in this, too. San
1: Diego's been mentioned a lot in this.
0: Sure. I mean, they see the the Dodgers as vulnerable for the first time in a long time, and they've already spent a lot of money. Um, I could see San Diego jumping right into the fray and, um, you know, being the team because they have some pretty good minor league players and some
1: good young major league players. Thanks, Bobby. Enjoy it very much. Talk to you next week. Take care, Mike. Stay All out. right, Bobby Thank Valentine, you. Subway Series. Enjoy, folks. We'll see you later in the week. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today wherever you get your podcasts.